0: Hello, I'm Marvin Fant, and this is FantLine, where we're not afraid to speak truth, and it doesn't matter if you're conservative or liberal, Democrat or Republican, because right always trumps over wrong. Enough said. Praise the Lord, everyone. Canton, Ohio is the home of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It is where those who excel at the game are recognized for their achievements on the field. Hebrews chapter 11 is home to the Hall of Faith. Here the champions of the Old Testament are recognized for their achievements as they follow God by faith. Success for them didn't bypass suffering. Instead, they trusted God and ran the race to the end. To encourage his readers to keep going, the author of Hebrews reminds them that they're not the first to travel the faith road. Others have encountered the hardships of the race and crossed the finish line. Now, How does the writer of Hebrews define faith? Faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. Now, to exercise faith is to have confidence about what an expectation without visible proof that it will happen. What makes this confidence possible? The trustworthiness of the object of faith. The question we must answer is this, is God trustworthy? And as um, I like to say, faith is acting like God is telling the truth. If you want to increase your faith, grow in your understanding of God. Believers of the past trusted him by faith and won God's approval. And you'll notice that each of the heroes of the faith mentioned in this chapter acted on what they believed, excuse me. A clear example of something Christians accept by faith is God's creation of the universe. Now we believe that what is seen was made from things that are not visible by a being who is not visible. We trust that the word of God created everything in all its vastness and complexity. And that should encourage us that God may be doing extraordinary things in our lives for our good, even when we can't see what he's doing. In following the Hall of Faith, the author used a predated structure He gives the name of an Old Testament believer, explains what he or she did, and uses the expression by faith to connect that person's actions with a belief system. This pattern is a reminder that faith is measured by the steps of one's feet, not by his feelings. Many faith based decisions, in fact, go against feelings. We must therefore walk by faith in the integrity of God's word rather than by gut instinct or emotionalism. Feelings are the caboose. They don't get to drive the train. I'll say say that again. Feelings are the caboose. They don't get to drive the train. By faith, able, worship God based on God's standards and expectations. He offered shed blood as a sacrifice rather than just giving him something his own hands has produced. He offered God his best and was approved as a righteous man. In fact, even though he is dead, murdered by his brother, Abel's faith still speaks. It teaches us that access to God's presence is through the blood. That's the kind of legacy you want to leave. You want your life of faith to be a testimony to others, to point them to the truth. Enoch. Enoch is one of only two people who did not experience death. Now, Elijah is the other one. <clears throat> and Hebrew says, it's because he pleased God. Now, that doesn't mean, of course, that if you're pleasing God, you won't die. But it does mean that his departure from the world was a direct result of how he lived. He lived a godly life within the context of an evil and corrupt society. What he did mattered. So do you want to live in a way that pleases God? Then you must know that without faith, it is impossible to please God. You must believe that he exists and rewards those who seek him. You must operate by faith, even if you must do it alone and go against the accepted norms of the day. You must believe with expectation that God responds regarding his will for your life when you seek to please him. Next is Noah. Though Noah was warned about what was not yet seen, he was motivated by godly fear. He couldn't even conceive of the flood God was, given, was going to bring on the earth. Nevertheless, Noah took God seriously and acted on what he said. Just consider the obstacles he faced. There was a 120-year gap between God's command to build the ark and the flood. Noah was instructed to build a tremendously huge boat on dry land, And everyone who saw it, no doubt called him crazy. But Noah believed God and obeyed, even though what he'd been asked to do didn't make any sense at all, since it had never rained a drop at that point in history. Did you ever realize that, that it never rained a drop? So this was a weird thing for um, people to try to conceive and and have the concept of of it raining from water to fall from the sky. He thus, being Noah, became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Be prepared to answer this wisely. When God's word says something contrary to popular opinion, whom are you going to believe? Next is Abraham. Abraham made a pilgrimage of faith. God called. He obeyed. That sounds simple until you realize that Abraham did not know where he was going. And how many of you would feel comfortable with that? Not knowing where you're going. God tells you to go somewhere, but he doesn't tell you where. How did he do it? And how did he live as a foreigner in the land of promise without ever owning? The answer is that he had his heart set on another city, one whose architect and builder is God. He focused on the spiritual while looking for the physical. Often in life, you won't know where God is taking you, and if you overlook the spiritual, you become discouraged. God is the architect of the eternal city, and he is the architect of the opportunities in your life. Sarah. Sarah is an example of the power of God in a person's life. She was able to have children at an exceptionally older age, and Abraham was as good as dead in terms of ability to procreate. In fact, Hebrews only gives us the the conclusion to the couple's infertility story. When God promised her a child, Sarah laughed. She thought it was a joke. Eventually, though, she had faith that one who had promised was faithful. It took 25 years to get from promise to baby. Think about that now. 25 years. And she was already up in age. Now, oftentimes God doesn't complete what he wants to do in your life until you're spiritually prepared. So. Remember, we work on God's timeline and God's timeline. <clears throat> will not be complete until we are also on board. It will not be complete until we are also lined up with his will and his way. And at this point, excuse me, the author pauses before continuing. He points out that all those believers died in faith. Although they had not received all the things that were promised, they walked by faith. But God didn't plan to deliver the promise while they were on earth. Though they could have they could have turned around and given up, they were seeking a homeland. They desired a better place, a heavenly one. And their approach to life then was based on an eternal perspective, a kingdom perspective. When you know the one who's preparing a better city for you, you can survive the wait. And when you're and when that's your mindset, God is not ashamed to be called your God. Abraham. After years of waiting, Abraham received his son, Isaac. Thus, the promise was fulfilled and the testing began. God told him to sacrifice Isaac, the very son through whom Abraham was to become the father of a nation. Make no mistake. In one way or another, God will test how much you love him. Do you love the gift or the giver more? So how did Abraham cope when it seemed like God's command contradicted his promise? He considered that God was able to raise the dead. And why would he think that? Because Sarah was barren and Abraham was as good as dead. Nevertheless, it is God who gives life And he had a promise to keep. Don't forget what God did for you yesterday. The situation you face may be different than anything you've experienced before. But God is the same. The receiving back of Isaac is an illustration of the same type of divine intervention that God's people can expect today if they live by faith. Now, In Hebrews chapter 11, verses 20, 22, these verses illustrate the legacy of faith. By faith, Isaac blessed his sons concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed his grandsons while he worshiped. By faith, Joseph, near the end of his life, told the Israelites to bury his bones in the promised land when they got there. If you're a parent, you're going to pass on many things to your kids. Make sure that you pass them the baton of faith in God above all else. Let them pray with you about things you're trusting so they can see your faith in action. Excuse me. Drink some water here. Okay. You just have to bear with me now. (laughs) Sometimes my throat gets, um, starts to act up on me. Okay. Now in chapter 11 again, verses 23 through 29, here we see a summary of Moses' life. Can you read this for yourself? 80 years are covered in seven verses. His parents valued God instead of the evil culture and refused to let their baby be killed. When he grew up, Moses himself chose God over the surrounding culture. And you gotta gotta remember that Moses grew up in royalty. Moses grew up in riches. So that took a lot for him to give that up. And put yourself in that situation. Would you be able to do the same the same thing? You come from royalty, you come from money and then you go to a lower level, so to speak. But see, the thing is, he was looking at the big picture. Now, again, Moses himself chose God over the surrounding culture. And he opted to suffer. With the people of God rather than to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. By faith, by faith he left Egypt and instituted the Passover and crossed the Red Sea. Why? Because he was looking ahead to the reward, just like I mentioned. He's looking at the big picture. He considered suffering, reproach for the sake of Christ to be greater to be greater wealth than Egypt's riches. Now don't miss that Moses chose Christ in the Old Testament era, though it doesn't always appear to be true on the front end. Choosing Christ is never a losing deal. Now in verses 30 through 40, the walls of Jericho fell as a result of the most bizarre military strategy enacted in history. And as a result of her willingness to align with God's people, Rahab, the prostitute, the lowest of the low, got recognized alongside Abraham and Moses as a hero in the hall of faith. How can these things be? Simple. God tells us my thoughts are not your thoughts. And your ways are not my ways declares the Lord. So whenever we get on our uppity high horse and think that we may be better than an individual, say a prostitute, drug addict, just remember, God has his hands out, always has his hands out, always has the door open for these very same people to turn their life around. And at the same time, when you think you got it together, you most likely don't. So check yourself in the mirror on that. So like the Lord says, your ways are not my way. And like a preacher, the author rolls through a list of even more Old Testament heroes of faith and how they lived. Some conquered, others perished. All lived by faith in God, though. When faith is inaugurated in your life and you keep on going, your circumstances don't have the final word. The world was not worthy of them, but they were approved through their faith. Did you catch that? The world didn't deserve them, but God applauded them. Whose approval are you seeking? You can't please both the world and God. The author of Hebrews concludes the chapter by observing that God provided something better for us and new Testament believers. um, So that new Testament believers, let me try that again. The author concludes the chapter by observing that God provided something better for us, new Testament believers. Okay. So that we can all be made perfect. And salvation in Christ is the culmination of God's plan of redemption for eternity and deliverance in history. Now, did you catch that? I hope you did, because no said. Thank you for checking out Fantline. Until next time, keep Jesus first and be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Thank you.